This is Mobilized on Free Speech TV. We welcome you to our show. We have a very special guest, Dr. Arun Gandhi. Uh, he is an author and uh, also the grandson of Mahatma Gandhi. He's been a peace activist for many decades, and it's a real pleasure to have him on today. Uh, in addition, we have Missy Crutchfield. Missy uh, has been a longtime animal rights activist. She's also a friend of Dr. Gandhi. Uh, she's the host of the podcast, uh, Gaia Talks, Earth Speaks. Uh, and it's a real pleasure to have Misty here as my co-host today. So thank you so much for both of you for joining us. Thank you so much, Jeff. As you mentioned, I am Missy Crutchfield, and this is a very special edition of Gaia Talks, The Earth Speaks. As we are recording this interview today, it's Sunday, February 13th, 2022, just one day before Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, a day where we usually celebrate love and happiness and caring with family and friends and loved ones. But around the world, there's real tension. There's tension in Russia and Ukraine with threats of war and violence, tension in China and Taiwan as well. And there's a trucker's blockade in Canada with threats of more blockades and more violence. But as usual, with big corporate media, aka mainstream media, it's big business. And times of fear and desperation are when their ratings are possibly highest. And the health of the public is not always at the top of mainstream media's agenda. Here at Mobilized News and at Gaia Talks The Earth Speaks, we bring you real news, but with a different perspective, and our goal is to change the conversation. Today's guest is globally renowned as the grandson of Mahatma Gandhi, living with his grandfather during the last years of his life, during the Quit India campaigns in his most formative years. And as an adult, Arun Gandhi has authored many books sharing his life with his grandfather, the stories and lessons learned from the great Mahatma and carrying on the work of nonviolence. Welcome to the show, my dear friend, Arun Gandhi. Thank you for having me on the show. So nice to have you here. Jeff and I have been so excited about this, and there couldn't be a better time to talk about nonviolence in the world. But we want to start off with a very important question, Arun. At this time, when the world seems to be upside down and everyone's trying to figure out what's going on and how to move forward or perhaps how to be still, how do we, in your opinion, create a better future right now in this moment at this time? Well, I think it's very appropriate that we are recording this uh, day before Valentine's Day because nonviolence is about love and respect and understanding and compassion, which is what Valentine's Day is supposed to be. Where we observe it for one day and then forget about it. What nonviolence teaches us is that we need to live it all our lives, become a part of our lives. Now, what we see today happening all over the world is sad, but it is uh, a prelude to what is going to happen in the future because we have created a society uh, based on materialism where materialism has made us greedy, selfish, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, and disrespectful of other people, just wanting everything for ourselves. It's happening individually as well as nationally as nations. We can see the foreign policies of all the nations of the world are based on what is good for their country. And uh, so the idea is that they exploit the rest of the world to gain what is good for their own country. 
nobody is thinking of the world as one unit. We are looking at the world as possibilities that we can exploit so that we can become rich. So in that kind of atmosphere where we are con continuously exploiting uh, resources, exploiting nations, exploiting people, we are going to have more and more strife. So what we are seeing today is just the beginning of that kind of strife. And what Gandhi ta taught us was that we need to change our attitudes. We need to change the emphasis that we have put on materialism to uh, morality. He said there has to be a balance between materialism and morality. You know, when one increases, the other decreases. And we see this today. The more materialistic we become, the less moral we are. So um, in that sense, we need to understand the philosophy of nonviolence in its entirety, in its depth. And that is that it's not just the prevention of war and fighting, but it is about creating better relationships between people, understanding people, recognizing the fact that we are committing violence, not only physically, but also non-physically or passively uh, by the way we speak with people, by the way we um, discriminate and, and, and the hundreds and thousands of things that we do to one another, uh, where we are continuously hurting people directly or indirectly. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and we can absolutely use that, but and I can edit this out what I'm about to say. But Dr. Gandhi, do you, do you, I'm hearing a lot of feedback. Do you have? I can't hear you properly. You can't. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, but there's an echo coming behind you. Yeah, it's a really bad echo. Yeah. Can you hear me, Arun? Can yeah. you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Okay, I can't figure out the source of the echo. Um, do you happen to have a pair of ear? Let me let me just take myself out and see if it helps. And my earbuds just went out. I can hear you, Missy. Can you say a few things, Dr. Gandhi, just because just to see if it's what end it's on. So, so, Dr. Gandhi, can you just say a few words just to, so we can see if it's... No. Yeah, now I can hear you better. I, I understand, but I think I think we're still getting feedback. You don't happen to have a pair of these, Dr. Gandhi, a pair of earbuds? Uh, no, unfortunately not. Okay. Um, I guess... Mine are acting up. Give me one second and let me... Sure. Missy, I'm just going to try just taking you out for a second to see if that makes see which side it's going from. All right, how about now, Dr. Gandhi? Can you say a few words? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, can you just say 
one, two, three, four, just, just something. I'm, I'm not hearing anything right now. Let me just put Missy back on. Oh, one, two, three, four. Testing. Yeah, I'm here. Then I take you out. Try it again. Say, just say one, two, three, four, five, or something like that. One, two, three, four, five. Missy, I think it's coming from your end. Yeah, my earbuds are were, are acting up. I don't. I've I've charged them. It says that they're connected. Yeah, because I'm hearing feedbacks. I'm not hearing it when I take you off, which is crazy. Let me. Yeah, I can one. hear that feedback also. Like right now, you can't hear it, right? There's no feedback. No, now I can't. Yeah, there's something on your end, unfortunately, because it, it it goes off as soon as I take you off, as soon as they remove you from the screen. Yeah. yeah is it coming from Missy's side? Yes, unfortunately. Let me put. Let me take the earbuds off and see if that's very strange. Now it's saying they're connected. Hold on. Can you say something? Yeah, now I, now it's better. I think they just got connected. I don't know what happened, but okay, they yeah. they, they were out. Now, now there's no yeah. feedback. Thank okay. God. Yeah, no, that's really critical, and I do appreciate your patience, Dr. Gandhi and, and Missy. Uh, Stephen, why don't we just start start it again? I'm sorry, but it's just we, I just want to get that clear sound, if at all possible. Can you hit the um, just uh, hit the music? Can yeah, I can hit the music, but instead of doing that, let's just time the interview from 20, 25 minutes from now. Okay. There's a lot of really good stuff that we spoke about, and I don't want to yeah. repeat. We, we did. Oh, but really, was, really we good. Were, we, were at, we, we, we were at a question. It was a perfect break. We were at. It was a good break. Uh, um, there was just feedback when he was talking, unfortunately. I didn't hear it. Oh, I did. It was oh. it was pretty loud. Um, okay. I know it's just. I think it's just a couple minutes. I, Stephen, I really think we should we should do it, as, you know, just so we get good sound throughout, if we can. Okay. But, um, so, so Missy, we're you going to speak? hold on to this footage. That we're going to start we'll, we'll another twenty-seven yes. minutes from now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, what are we finding is the problem? Uh, so I think Missy fixed it. There was something on her end that was. My earbuds went out. Yeah, there was an earbud malfunction. Technical you know, issues. We've come very far since we used to have two tin cans and a piece of print. <laughs> exactly. They're brand, they're brand new. And I just. I would like to say something. Them. I've been watching your speeches that you've given at the UN. The one about the pencil. About the yeah. pencil. Yeah. That is, it's been so inspiring. And between your work and your words and Missy's, my life is so much healthier today and focus so thank you very much Yay. thank you very much okay um perfect <coughs> we're gonna do that intro again yep if you also hit the music I'll that'd pull be myself out okay perfect jeff yep i'm ready see why i don't like doing video uh, uh, video editing indeed <laughs> this is a lot all right we'll talk uh, thank you very much again thanks for your patience Hello, I'm Jeff Van Trees, and this is Mobilized on Free Speech TV. 
We welcome you to our shows. We have a very special guest, Dr. Arun Gandhi. Uh, he is an author and longtime peace activist and the grandson of the great Mahatma Gandhi. Uh, in addition, I also have my co-host, uh, Missy Crutchfield. Missy uh, is a longtime animal rights uh, activist. She also uh, was a former uh, television host in Tennessee, and she currently uh, is the host of the podcast Gaia Talks Earth Speaks. So I want to thank you so much, uh, Missy, for co-hosting with me today, and thank you so much uh, to Dr. Arun Gandhi. And thank, thank you, you, Jeff. Wonderful to be here and wonderful to have Dr. Gandhi on. This is a very special edition of Gaia Talks, The Earth Speaks. And we're recording this interview today, Sunday, February 13th, 2022, just one day before Valentine's Day, a day where we usually celebrate love and caring with family and friends, our loved ones. But around the world, there's real tension. There's tension in Russia and Ukraine with threats of war and violence, in China and Taiwan as well. And there's a truckers blockade in Canada with threats of more blockades and yes, more violence. But as usual with big corporate media, AKA mainstream media, it's big business. And in times of fear and desperation, that's when their ratings are the highest. And the health of the public is not always at the top of mainstream media's agenda. But here at Mobilize News, we bring you real news, but with a different perspective. And our goal is to change the conversation. Today's guest is globally renowned as the grandson of Mahatma Gandhi, living with his grandfather during the last years of his life, during the Quit India campaigns. And in his formative years, Arun lived with his grandfather. Now as an adult, authoring books, sharing his life about living with Grandfather Gandhi, these stories and lessons learned at the feet of the great Mahanda, at Mahatma Gandhi. And carrying on the work of nonviolence, we're so happy to have you on the show today. Welcome, Dr. Arun Gandhi. Thank, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be with you. It's a pleasure to have you here. <clears throat> We have one important question we want to go ahead and kick this show off with, Arun. And at this time when the world seems to be upside down, how possibly can we create a better future today? Well, it's very appropriate that we are recording this a day before Valentine's Day because Valentine's Day, as you said, is a day of love and uh, understanding and compassion and family and uh, um, and that is what nonviolence is about too. Nonviolence is about love and compassion and understanding and family, except that in Valentine's Day, we observe it for one day and then forget about it uh, the rest of our life. Uh, but in nonviolence, what Gandhi wanted us to do was to live it daily, make it a part of our lives, make love, respect, understanding, compassion, uh, the center of our lives. And, and it should radiate from us to, to the rest of the world. So what strife we are seeing today, uh, I think is a prelude to what is going to come in the future. Um, and it's not going to be a very good uh, future. We are just going to uh, continue to fight and kill and destroy each other and destroy ourselves in the process. And this is because we have created a society based on materialism. Uh, and the emphasis in, in everything in life is materialistic. 
Um, our measure of success is materialistic. materialistic. Our um, obsession is uh, materialism. More money, more things, more possessions. Uh, and so we have created through materialism a lot of greed and selfishness. And, and that has led to many other uh, negative attitudes in people. We see today, even at the national level, the foreign policies of all the governments of the world are based on what is good for them, what is good for their country. And that means that every country in the world is exploiting every other country in the world to gain whatever they want or whatever they need. There and the rich countries can benefit from this because they have the resources to buy whatever they want there. And we do buy things from uh, other countries, uh, you know, especially uh, resources and mineral minerals that we need for our uh, scientific advances. And we don't care about the consequences in that country. We just get it because we need it and we don't care what happens to people in that country. So it's very sad that we have created this kind of a world. And sometimes I wonder, what does civilization really mean? Is, uh, what, do you, what do you think? contributes to this materialism? Why are certain cultures more materialistic uh, than others? Because I think we have created, uh, you know, a consumer society. Um, in the name of progress, we want more and more things. We want more and more uh, um, a better life. We want better cars. We want better facilities. And we just continue to create that and, and um, become, uh, you know, it, it's a seller's market. Whatever the businessmen will uh, produce, we will buy them. Um, you know, I mean, take the cell phones, for instance. Every year a new brand comes out and every year we have to have the latest there. Now, why why is that necessary? When we had uh, the um, regular phones, we used to buy an instrument once and that instrument lasted for 10, 15 years. Nobody kept changing that. So we have created this kind of society where we induce people to buy more and more and consume more and more. And Dr. Gandhi, I love this because you have manifested in your life these beautiful stories that so many of your books focus on what you learned from your grandfather. And one of those was respecting resources, and that was the pencil story. And if you haven't read Dr. Gandhi's books, Grandfather Gandhi and, 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 and others, uh, you really, really need to. They're beautiful for children and adults as well, and the artwork is just gorgeous. 
you learned uh, nonviolence. Your grandfather learned nonviolent communication from his grandmother. So there's a reverence for women um, as well in the lessons and 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 today in the world with uh, so many women standing up and speaking out. And Gandhi has has such a history of helping women. But but there's one thing that you've alluded to that I, I want you to talk about the story or a little bit, and that is that violence starts with passive violence. And so what we're seeing today is is connected with the passive violence because you call that the, the gasoline, I believe. Will you share that? Because that's what you say is the source and your grandfather explained was the source of all the big violence in the world, the passive violence. Yeah, this, uh, this happened uh, when I was living with him and I was a little boy, 12 years old, and I was coming back from school one day and I had a little three-inch butt of a pencil in my hand and I thought I deserved a better pencil and I just, without a second thought, I threw that pencil away uh, because I, I thought that grandfather would give me a new one when I asked him for it. But that evening when I met grandfather and asked him for a new pencil, instead of giving me a new one, he subjected me to a lot of questions. He wanted to know how the pencil became small and where did I throw it away and why did I throw it away and eventually he asked me to go out and look for it. And I said, you must be joking. I said, you don't expect me to look for a pencil in the dark. It was already late evening. And he said, yes, here's a flashlight. Take this and go out and look for the pencil. And I spent a couple of hours looking for the pencil and brought it to him. And uh, I thought that he would agree that it is very small, but instead he gave me two very important lessons. He said, even in the making of a simple thing like a pencil, we use a lot of the world's natural resources and when we throw them away, we are throwing away the world's natural resources. And that is violence against nature. And the second lesson is that because in an affluent society, we can afford to buy all these things in bulk, we overconsume the resources of the world. And because we overconsume them, we are depriving people elsewhere of these resources and they have to live in poverty, and that is violence against humanity. And that was the first time I realized that all of these little things that we do every day, consciously and unconsciously, it's become so much a part of human nature now that we don't even realize uh, we are causing violence to nature or violence to humanity. So, and then to make this make me understand this lesson thoroughly. He made me draw a genealogical tree of violence, just as we do a family tree with violence as the grandparent and physical violence and passive violence as the two branches. And every day before I went to bed, I had to analyze and examine everything that I had experienced during the day things that I may have done to other people or people may have done to me or things that I may have read about. All of this had to be analyzed and put in their appropriate places on that tree. 
if it was the kind of violence where physical force is used, fighting, killing, murders, rapes, and all of these actions that we take every day uh, where physical force is used, that would go under physical violence. But if it was kind of violence where we don't use any physical force, and yet we hurt people, uh, and, and believe me, we do hundreds and thousands of things every day where, <clears throat> where we are hurting somebody, uh, other people or animals or, or some other life form. And <clears throat> when I began this exercise, it was a form of introspection. It was a form of finding out for myself my own weaknesses. And by, the, by a few months, I was able to fill up a whole wall in my room with acts of passive violence. And that is when grandfather explained to me the connection between the two. He said, we commit passive violence all the time, every day, consciously and unconsciously. And that generates anger in the victim and the victim then resorts to physical violence to get justice. So it is passive violence that fuels the fire of physical violence. So logically, if we want to put out that fire of physical violence, we have to cut off the fuel supply. And since the fuel supply comes from each one of us, we have to become the change we wish to see in the world. You know, Dr. Gandhi, you know, part of the reason we wanted to have you on today so much was that your name and your grandfather's name is literally synonymous with peace. I mean, if you think of peace, you might think of the peace sign, but you also think of uh, Mahatma Gandhi as being synonymous with peace. And as we are today looking at the brink of a major invasion, a hostile invasion of Ukraine, you, a lot of us look we might feel helpless. We don't think that our voice matters, uh, whether we're, especially in whether we're in another part of the world or or wherever else we people might feel helpless they hate seeing this violence but they don't think there's anything that they can do with it uh, to, to do about it your grandfather uh, called on the voices of many people that might have felt powerless uh, at the time uh and in order to you know uh, create one of the greatest pieces long-lasting peace uh you know in in a century uh what can people do uh what what can we take from the lessons of your grandfather uh, to try to uh, have mobilize, use the name of our show, mobilize uh, the efforts of the many in order to create a peace. I think we really discount ourselves, and that is where the uh, politicians and and the so-called leaders take advantage of us, and that we are incapable of doing anything for ourselves and achieving anything, and therefore we have to follow somebody uh, and and need a, a, a charismatic leader to uh, to teach us this. But we can do little things. We may not be able to change the world, but we can certainly change ourselves. And if we change ourselves, we can change our families and we can change our friend circle. And that could rip that ripple effect could go through society, and eventually society will change. Unfortunately, we are waiting for somebody else to change first. We want somebody else or somebody at the top 
to uh, change first and then we will consider changing there and that never happens because everybody is waiting for the other person to change so we have to do what we think is the right thing to do and and live the right kind of life and eventually uh, that would have an effect on the rest of the world Arun, in uh, conversations you and I have had over the years, you have felt very strongly about a curriculum that's missing in our public education or just an education period in the West, in this country, specifically in the United States. Um, and that's that's needed is a curricula of compassion. Would you like to speak a little bit about that? Yes, I think, you know, in this, uh, as I said earlier, in the materialistic society that we have created, Everything is tainted by that. Even our education system is tainted by materialism. And so uh, our education uh, curriculum is based on uh, what is needed by industries uh, outside. And uh, we encourage young people to go to college and go and get a career and go out and make money. That is the fundamental uh, uh, teaching that every parent gives their, their children. You have to be successful. You have to go out and uh, make money. And to, in order to make money, you have to get some education. You have to get a career. So <clears throat> the education system is based on giving young people a career and sending them out into the market uh, to find a job and make money. We need to de-emphasize that money aspect of it and we need to teach people uh, what it is to be a human being. What is, why are we here? What is our relationship with each other? What is our relationship as a society? What are, you know, all this um, moral and ethical aspects of uh, existence, uh, we ignore that completely. And, and what is and, our relationship to the planet? Yeah, everything. Our relationship with each other, the planet, uh, the environment, the everything. To, Dr. Gandhi, to what extent is compassion and empathy something that's a cultural phenomenon? Because sometimes we think of it as people that are born were born with empathy or, or love, love and compassion for our, our fellow human being. Uh, but there seems to be definitely a cultural component because certain cultures, empathy, compassion is embraced and others it's not. We see the consequences of what happens when, it, when it's not. We, literally, we were just talking about the, uh, the protests over the vaccine. I mean, people are loudly and proudly uh, proclaiming that they have a right to be to not be vaccinated with something that could potentially infect and kill other people. And this is something that people are proudly saying when if we had a society that really emphasized uh, compassion, uh, that would be something that would be shameful uh, if we were if we were uh, putting other people in danger. So, I mean, there has to be some cultural aspect to compassion and empathy. I think it's just, uh, you know, it, it goes back to uh, uh, family units. Um, you know, in many cultures, uh, families are still um, intact and, and uh, a lot of these 
ethical and moral values and things that come to children are passed on by family. It's a family tradition. It grow, uh, you know, the parents live it. They pass it on, and and it goes on. In, in many of the Western countries, where materialism has overtaken everything else, uh, family units are breaking up. Uh, Which our, would our divorce rates in this country have gone more than. 60, almost 70% uh, marriages get uh, are divorced. Now, if the parents cannot show their, uh, their children the value of building relationships and, and sustaining relationships, then the children are the ones who are affected by it. They, they have no... If they cannot respect their parents, they cannot respect uh, other human beings and when there is no respect there, there cannot be any compassion and when there's no respect there's no self-respect which would explain why this whole downward spiral of drugs and overdoses and uh, consumption and just uh, disrespect yeah. and disregard is going on because we've lost we've lost respect for our elders we've lost respect for real exactly. relationships Exactly. That's what I was talking to with some prisoners that I work with, and uh, and many of them said that they had problems with alcoholism and drugs. And I asked them, when did they start taking these uh, drugs and alcohol? And they said at the age of eight and nine. And I was so shocked, and I said, how could you take drugs and alcohol at eight and nine and go home and face your parents? And they laughed at me and they said, what are you talking about? Our parents are the ones who gave it to us. Mm. Mm -hmm. and That's, it's, it's so sad. And, and parents are working two jobs and children are left to, to yeah. their own because yeah. we're obsessed with, uh, well, there's a lot of problems with that minimum wage and, and just obsessed with having to just bring home money and, 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 and yeah, not valuing quality to, time. Lack of health care as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant when I said we have created an exploitative society. Yes. We exploit each other individually and nations exploit each other and it's continuous exploitation of everything. So, so Dr. Gandhi, just, I, oh, well, I was going to talk about nationalism, well, Jeff. Sure, I was go right ahead. Please. Swerve it, swerve it around because we've all been, uh, just take a little bit of a turn here, we've all been um, wondering and I know that you're very um, feel very strongly, perhaps very outspoken about uh, nationalism as a problem in the world. And I'd like for you to articulate that a little bit. I think that, that you have some points that would be very well received and, and should be heard. Yes, uh, you know, politicians for their own reasons have emphasized nationalism and they want everybody to be nationalistic and proud of their country and, and so on. Uh, which I think is very detrimental because what that does is makes us feel that we can be uh, proud and protective of our country and this part of the world and don't care about the rest of the world. But we forget that our existence is tied up with the existence of the whole world. I mean, look at this vaccine issue too. We are all 
you know, we've taken three vaccines and four vaccines and and we have a no surplus of vaccines and, uh, and so on. And yet uh, uh, half of the world that lives in poverty has no vaccine at all. And, and we don't seem to care about it. And the fact is that as long as the rest of the world is not vaccinated and protected from this disease, it's going to mutate and spread uh, all the time, and we are going to be affected by it too. Now, we've seen this. We've already had three mutations of the virus uh, hitting us, and there's going to be more and more mutations coming. And maybe they'll be worse than the others because so many people in Africa have never been vaccinated. Right. right, and that's what's producing so many of the variants that are coming out from the developing world. And as, as long yeah. as they're not vaccinated, we're now, gonna... the other day Pfizer may, uh, announced that they made a profit of some uh, thirty billion dollars uh, on producing vaccines. Right, it's crazy. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Dr. Gandhi, on the current uh, conflict in Ukraine and Russia? What for those of us that are just very concerned, especially there might be those that have family members uh, that are in the Ukraine, uh, what advice do you have for them uh, during this period of uh, great danger and uncertainty? Well, as long as we don't, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> focus on the uh, the root cause of all of these problems, why why do these problems take place, and why is uh, nations incapable of taking care of themselves or uh, incapable of building better relationships. Uh, we are con going to continue to have these kinds of uh, uh, issues raised there. And, um, you know, it's sad that uh, as human beings, the more civilized we become, the more we are uh, divided and... and uh, you know, um, and and violent, and uh, that I see this trend is going to continue and become worse over the years. There, because we don't seem to emphasize the need to build respectful relationships, uh, whether it is at the national level or whether it is at individual level. Uh, we are, we have a relationship only as long as we can get something out of it. Now, you know, when we take these individual cases, uh, uh, at, you know, take, take them out of context in a sense, um, then there is very little you can do to resolve it. Uh, you know, like when the two armies in Russia and, and Ukraine are facing each other and, and threatening each other, at that moment, it's difficult to find a nonviolent solution to, um, uh, to, to solve the problem there. But uh, it's not impossible. I mean, if the Ukrainian people, uh, uh, you know, decide on on taking a nonviolent action, it, it's going to be a very 
difficult thing, but not an impossible thing. Dr. Gandhi, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, time just flies when you're on, and I would love to invite you back again and share some of those beautiful stories that you tell about your grandfather. There's so many, and they're just absolutely treasures. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Jeff, do uh, you have any final words? Yeah, I just was going to ask Dr. Gandhi, can you tell people how people, how tell us how people can get involved uh, in the peace movement and how they can get in touch with your organization? Well, I launched uh, many years ago, 25 years ago, I launched a season for nonviolence, which marked the uh, death anniversary of my grandfather on 30th of January and uh, the death anniversary of Dr. Martin Luther King on 4th of April. And I link the two anniversaries and call that 64-day period a season for nonviolence. And I, <clears throat> I just invited people um, to do whatever they could during that period to bring us a few steps closer to the dream that both of these people shared. And the dream was that we create harmony in society and live as brothers and sisters and stop fighting and, and killing each other. And that's not impossible to do. Uh, we can do it in our own towns, in our countries, in our um, neighborhoods, <clears throat> build better relationships between people, uh, be more concerned about uh, people who are living in our neighborhood and see how best we can uh, all create harmony and, and peace there. Uh, and and I'm surprised that although uh, this was a very small, in seemly, seemingly insignificant uh, program, uh, people took it up. And for 25 years now, it's been going on regularly every year uh, in various parts of the country and even outside in, in the world. And I would urge people to get more and more involved in this and start their own season for nonviolence and just continue to build uh, better neighborhoods and better relationships between people. Well, that is a really inspirational message. Uh, we are just about out of time. I really want to thank our spe very special guest, Dr. Arun Gandhi, and thank you for all the work you do. Missy Crutchfield, check out her podcast, Gaia Talks, Earth Speaks. Uh, she's also part of the Mobilized family here, and we're uh, uh, very uh, you know, thrilled to, uh, to have you on uh, the show today. And uh, thank you. For